Welcome to Once More, a podcast where two best pals rewatch, re-examine, and review our favorite movies, shows, and series. I'm Jen Cat, And I'm Ryan something. Hello, Ryan something. Hi, Jenny. What? Oh, how are you? Hello. I don't know. How are you? <laughs> Hello. I'm good. How was your trip to Mexico? It was interesting. Yes, I was in Mexico City last weekend, which Mexico City is a beautiful city, an amazing food scene. We stayed in a really cute area. The house was an Airbnb. It was tilted. Like you could stand on one side of the room, roll a marble, and it would go downhill. Cool. So I don't know if that was from an earthquake or just the fact that Mexico City is sinking, which I didn't know. And it was it was a really fun time. However, the second day we were there, we were in a cab, and there were six of us heading towards a market. And my four-year-old was on my lap, and my phone fell out of my bag. We got there, trying to get the kids out of the car, get everybody safe. Realized I left my phone in the cab. So pull up my husband's phone. He's tracking it. We It was like a scene out of a movie. Like, hey, it's another cab. The cab driver spoke no English. My Spanish is rudimentary at best. Poquito. And he, we were translating on Google, and the cab driver that had my phone looked like he had stopped at a park. We're like, we're nine minutes away. We can catch him. And then he started moving again. And through the translator app, our cab driver said, you're not getting your phone. Yeah. So I was without a phone, which was actually kind of nice to mm -hmm. not be super connected. Yeah, or completely disconnected. To, to quote our boy Fritz from last episode, I wasn't jacked in. <laughs> but it was weird. And I just, I just felt I was upset at myself, right? Because phones are expensive. Yeah. And we need them for everything now. We're so jacked in. So that was fun. Bummer. Felt, felt like a big old dummy. That's tough in the largest city in the North American continent. Is that right? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or the largest city in the Americas, I think. Like, I mean, I it's the population huge. of Mexico City. It's like. 42 million? Of, yeah. 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 It's like in the millions. It, and it, it feels like it. It's sprawling. Mm -hmm. Traffic is crazy. You cannot get anywhere without waiting. Uh, well, I mean, there were. Some parts of the day we could zip, but there, you know, we were five miles from one of the sites we went to. I think it was Coyoacan, which is where Frida Kahlo was from. It took us an hour to get five miles. Wow. It was crazy. And then you're in the back of a cab with two toddlers and three adults. It was, yeah, it was a lot, but it was a nice time. I mean, the weather was beautiful. The food is phenomenal. The eating in Mexico City is so varied. Mm -hmm. It's not just tacos. Sure. Or, you know, whatever kind of gringo stuff yeah. we think mm -hmm. of. There were amazing tacos, but there's a lot of really interesting restaurant touring. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Sure. Happening. We went to an amazing Israeli restaurant. We went to a fish restaurant called Contramar, which was phenomenal. And the chef, her name is Gabriela. I'm forgetting her last name. Pardon me. She's on Searching for Mexico that Eva Longoria hosted. Yeah. My five-year-old recognized the chef from the show that we watched. She's like, wow, oh, that's really cool. That's the chef from Searching for Mexico. 
went up and talked to her and she was mm-hmm. so kind. We have a picture with her and she's asking my children what they like to cook. And it was really special. It was a nice time. I think it was hard for me to fully enjoy the trip because, you know, we talked last week. Uh, my half brother passed away and it was just a very sad circumstance and I couldn't really break out of the funk and then lost my phone, kind of beating myself up over that. Yeah. But overall, the trip was good. Overall, amazing. But plenty to do for the kids. So plenty like to museums do. and parks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Or what did you do? Yeah, we did. We went to Coyoacan to the Frida Kahlo Museum, which was cool, amazing. Cool, cool. Oh, and that was another thing. I bet the girls loved that. They loved it. Another thing. I booked those tickets through, I thought was the Frida Kahlo Museum website. No, no. No, no. And guess where they were? Where? On my phone. <laughs> nice. Try to get on my husband's phone to log into my Gmail. Well, Gmail is so secure, they needed the two-factor authentication. Sure, which you have tied to your phone. Which is... Oh. Yeah. So we're trying to message Gmail and the, and the mm-hmm. museum's like, sorry, we have no record. I'm like, how do you not have record of the fact that I bought tickets? I'm showing them my bank account, mm-hmm. the date. Well, you bought them through this other company. We don't have a record of that. Like, so you had to buy all new tickets? No, but we sat outside the museum for 45 minutes trying to sort it out. My husband got a hold of someone from the other company on WhatsApp. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll send you new tickets. Oh, my God. Wow. Which was amazing. That's cool. We went to the Palace of Fine Arts. Good. To see a Diego Rivera mural. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Which one was it? A communist one. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, right. that tight. Lenin's in it, Trotsky mm-hmm. and yeah. Karl Marx. Well, the time. Yeah. And... We also went to the floating gardens of Soshimilko, mm, which yeah. is basically like booze cruise began. party barge, yeah. which was fun. You know, they have the boats and they're these because, you know, Mexico City is built on. It's built on the swamp. marshland. Yeah. And so these boats. Oh, the Great Lake. Yes. Texacoco, mm, yeah, I think. Yeah. They're driving these boats and they're called trajineros and they take you down these canals and. You can buy food from other people on other boats and margaritas and you feel like you're in Venice. I've never been to Venice. Oh. I've never been to Venice. I'm nope. sure we'll get there. Hopefully before it sinks. It's another place that is sinking. But yeah, you know, I just felt like just I couldn't shake the the feeling like a dummy for the phone. So, you know, which is a great segue to today's episode. Speaking of dummies. Speaking of dummies. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So today, we're going to discuss The Puppet Show. This is the ninth episode of season one of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It premiered on May 5th, 1997. It was directed by Ellen S. Bressman and written by Dean Batali and Rob DeHotel. Yep. And we've seen those guys before. We have. So this duo also wrote Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. Uma Thurman. And they will go on to write The Dark Age, Killed by Death, and Phases, which are all episodes in season two. Yes, which are The Dark Age and Phases are great season two episodes. Killed by Death is interesting. We get a great Cordelia line in that episode, but the rest of it, I don't know. I can take it. Yep. Okay. So the synopsis of... The puppet show, according to Gemini, okay. is Sunnydale High's talent show turns deadly when a student is murdered. Typical Tuesday. Imagine that. Buffy investigates, suspecting a creepy ventriloquist and his seemingly possessed dummy. She soon learns the truth is more complex, involving a cursed demon hunter trapped in the dummy's 
form. Oh, that's a giveaway. Gemini just laid it all out there. Working together, they defeat the real threat. But the victory comes with a bittersweet sacrifice. Does it? Yes, it does. I don't know if it's bittersweet. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about it being sweet. No. So, okay. I don't know. Certainly something. It is. I don't know if you guys can tell. This this sure is an episode of television that we are not excited to discuss. Okay, well, we did it. We want to get into sacred. <laughs> that was it. That's the episode. That you don't need oh, anything else. That, no. That sums it up. I mean, and then we just due to scheduling, we didn't get to watch this one together. And the whole time I was just like, what is happening? What is this episode? Before we get into it, though, what are your thoughts and feelings about ventriloquist dolls? About the same as shows with apes. You're not into it. I'm just not into it. Do they freak you out? Like, are you always. creeped out? They always have creeped me out. I'm I'm out on the dummy thing. I, I've never really yeah. understood it. People who throw their voices creep me out. What? And, okay. I don't more... even want to say it creeps me out. I'm trying to be open to other people's art forms but it just doesn't do it for me that's fine i think that's fair to say what is throw your because morgan says that in the episode Mm -hmm. he's like i'm throwing my voice what does that mean is that a theater term no you're literally able to throw your you're able to say something but you it sounds like your voice is coming from over here or even like four feet away they don't have the technique and the the ability to do that i don't like it they're able to like Sometimes, I guess, maybe even moves their lips, but in the ventriloquist world, obviously, we're talking about someone who's able to project their voice without moving their lips in a way that you don't think it's coming from them. Yeah, I puppets don't bother me so much, but the problem. I love puppets and Muppets. I'm coming around on the Muppets. Um, I I do love Gonzo. Oh, dear. I know. And Rizzo the Rat. I, a Muppet Christmas Carol. It's a beautiful. You know, and I you're like this. Around on the Muppet. No, because that brought me back. I was kind of freaked out Sesame by my. Street. I was freaked out by all that for a while, and then I had children, and we, you, and reintroduced me to the magic of a Muppet Christmas Carol, and I loved it. Watched it four times over the holiday Don't season. Blow smoke at my eyes. What? <laughs> but I think there is a marked difference between a puppet and a ventriloquist doll a hundred percent i don't like the dolls i don't like that they call this the puppet show it's not a puppet it's a demon doll it's and a demon. most dolls are demons and yeah i mean yeah don't get me started on porcelain dolls and you know what if that is your thing live your truth i support you as long as you're not hurting anybody for me personally yeah hard no it's tough it, it ain't it Okay. Anyway, so, so scene one. We get the weird intro that I, I've got it. In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the slave. <clears throat> so this episode kicks off with the announcement of a talent show at Sunnydale High School. Buffy and Sander and Willow are in the auditorium discussing their plans for the talent show, and they notice. Well, they're making fun of everybody. Yeah, they're making fun of folks, and including a ventriloquist who's up on stage. There's also a weird opening, the way it opens up, like, it's that one dancer who we find out is Emily, mm-hmm. stretching, and it's, those shots are lingering, and I'm uncomfortable because these are high school students. There's a lot in this episode where I'm like, these are high schoolers, not in real life, they're all adults, but there is, like, a weird linger crotch shot. 
Oh. Yeah. It's weird. Hmm. Yeah. But anywho. Missed that one. Yeah. And then we, well, remember, because you hear the voice that says, I will be whole. I will be new. And it's like looking through mm-hmm. a different lens and it's looking at Emily stretching. Oh, my God. Cordelia. Like you said, they're at the mm-hmm. talent show. They're yeah. watching everybody. Are they auditioning or rehearsing at this point? I think I rehearsing. auditions or rehearsals. I think it's rehearsals. I do too. Yeah. And Cordelia is singing the greatest love of all. I laughed out loud. She's great. She's great. She, she's a terrible singer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if in real life, uh, Charisma Carpenter is a bad singer. But she's, you know, the greatest love of all. Like Whitney she's Houston. off pitch. And Giles is basically like, thank you. Thank you. Like cuts. Giles is miserable. Giles is not happy. And he's miserable. Miserable. And like you said, Xander, Buffy, and Willow walk up and he's like, oh, you three. Like mm-hmm. he's just, he is not yeah, happy. They're trying to ask him what's wrong. He's like, yeah. well, the new principal basically told him that he's got to get out of the library and be more interactive with the students. Right. And one of the things that he was assigned was, I guess, kind of the chaperone producer director of the school talent show. Yeah. And he is miserable. He and is not happy. Buffy and the Scooby gang are loving Ribbon him. this. And yeah. So she's like, oh, but you're the chosen one. Yeah. And every generation, the one is born who must run the annual talentless show. You can't escape your destiny. <laughs> talentless show. That's great. And I mean, he's. We get right off the bat, like you said, Giles does not like the new principal who we know his name is Mr. Snyder. Giles says, our new Fuhrer, Mr. Snyder. And I was like, ooh, 1997 for you. And then I think Willow's like, I think they call them principals now. Right. <laughs> yeah, and we we meet Principal Snyder pretty quickly because Willow, Buffy, and Xander are ribbing Giles. And they're like, ha, 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 this sucks for you. And as they're trying to walk away, we meet Principal Snyder you know, approaches them. Played by Armin Shimmerman. I love, I love Principal Snyder because I hate him. Mm-hmm. Armin Shimmerman takes this role and he is like, I am going full tilt. I like it. He's awful and he's not Bob Flutie. We get that immediately. Bob, you know, loves the students. We get some great references to Bob Flutie in this episode. And he's, you know, talking to them. All three of you left campus yesterday. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's on it. No more of this, like, mm-hmm. lackadaisical people being, you know, bodies piling up. He's <laughs> he's wanting to, like, get down to business. He, We've all had that principal who, who we loved. Yeah. And then they transferred or they retired. Mm-hmm. And then the new one came in. And you're just. This guy. This dick. It was always a guy for me. I don't. I never had female principals. We had we had some some lady principals. Yeah, we they did were not. Great. I still see uh, Miss Lopez. Oh, shout out town in the grocery store and at some restaurants. Shout out Miss Lopez. She was great. I didn't. Let me think. I had the same principal from first grade through eighth grade because I went to a small school. That was he was definitely. Yeah, it was like your principal like a horse or. He was like some farm animal. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you out of love. It's no, all uh, no, 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 I'm no. Joking. No, because I feel like th- that principal was mm-hmm. so old. He probably <laughs> grew up on horseback like, before cars. I walk 15 miles to school every day uphill in the snow. So I 
made a note of mm-hmm. Willow's duck shirt in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like right in this scene, she's just got a shirt that's just got a rubber duck. <laughs> that's so Willow. It's so great. She's just so innocent. And Snyder makes them join the talent show because, like you said, he's not messing around with yeah. Buffy and, and the Scooby shenanigans. Mm-hmm. He's basically said, you need to be more involved in school spirit, school stuff, whatever. You're going to join the talent show. And the camera cuts to Giles in the background just smirking. Mm-hmm. He's loving this. He is loving it. And, I mean, Snyder is, they're just really hammering it in. He's not flirty because he says, no more of this touchy, feely, relatable nonsense. <laughs> No, they're establishing him as a new authority figure, uh-huh. and he showcases his focus on discipline, mm-hmm. on basically contrasting on Flutie and Giles's more, I guess, understanding approach to the yeah. students. And perhaps we'll understand why a little later. Perhaps we will. And we might talk about it in the spoiler section. We shall. Well, Buffy and every Buffy and the gang are like really upset that they're in the talent show. Yeah. And then now they get to watch Morgan, classmate Morgan, also the same age as our good pal, what was his name, in uh, the pack, who was also a 40-year-old. Oh, Colin. Dave Colin, whoever he was. They're all called Colin now. Yeah. For guy. Guy. Morgan, this actor, does not look like a high school student by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, no. And he's got a dummy. A ventriloquist dummy. He's going to do a ventriloquist act for the talent show. Mm-mm. And the dummy's name is Sid. No. Dummies, they they creep me out, period. They are creepy. They are creepy. This one looks like, did you ever read the Goosebumps books? Mm-hmm. Okay. There was a Goosebumps about a, uh-huh. a, a possessed ventriloquist yep. dummy. He looks just like that. Just Yeah, it's that like weird, wooden, Blech. exaggerated features. Yeah. No. And Sid's not, or I'm sorry, and Morgan's not a great ventriloquist. He's talking and moving at the same time. You're like, here we go. This is just silly. And then Sid starts talking and Morgan's not anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty good, huh? And then he makes the first of many disgusting jokes. Uh Uh-huh. What's he say? My jockey shorts are made out of better material than this. (laughs) And then Sid says, and they're edible. (laughs) All those jokes. My jockey shorts are made out of better material. <laughs> and they're edible. Gross. Live your life, dummy. Live your life. And just not directed at high school students, please. And thank you so much. Yes, it's, it's true. That's the, that's what gets me. It's, yeah. Oh, my God. I had family members who were obsessed. What was his name? Jeff Dunham. Do you remember that comedian in the, the early aughts who had a dummy? Oh, I do. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't do that either. No, I used to be at like an uncle's house and they'd watch and everybody be like, yuck, yuck, yuck. And I just couldn't stand it. It freaks me out. Okay. So we go to the locker room. It's the same dancer mm-hmm. who was stretching. Yeah. What's her name? Emily. Emily. Yeah. And she's changing. And all of a sudden we get the ding, 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 ding. And is anybody there? Something's up. Not a good time. And we go to kind of, it's in color. Then we switch POVs, something that's looking up at Emily. Mm-hmm. And that's saying, I will be Flash. And attacks her. This episode jumps all over the place. The light, I don't know if you noticed. The lighting is weird. Buffy's makeup is weird. This is a weird episode. Hmm. 
Interesting that you'd say that. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Oh, shall we? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Back to the talent show. Okay. Yeah. Got a kid looking for his rabbit. He lost his rabbit. Yeah. So is this where they kind of get to to hone in a bit more on the puppet? And doesn't he start saying some some more inappropriate stuff? And Buffy's like, okay, enough with the horny puppet jokes. Yes. That's that's where this is. Yeah. Okay. Because Buffy, Willow, and Xander are rehearsing their dramatic scene. And Buffy's wearing her leopard print dress. Oh. We see the we see she has I don't know if it's two separate I that's the thing about this episode. I can't keep the timeline straight. That was something that has thrown me off this entire it's it's much more just disjointed. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, and you know, they're like, Oh Xander doesn't want to do the dramatic reading. And they're basically like, This is the easiest thing to do. We just memorize the lines and we say it. And you know, Buffy's like, What am I gonna do? Slay vampires on stage? And Willow says, Well, in a comedic way. <laughs> and yes, it is being gross. It's being gross, yes. Look at the goodies. Yeah, he's real sarcastic in yeah. his personality, and he's very inappropriate with some of his tone and it, some of the stuff he's saying. Oh, like something about a hard piece of wood. It's like, yes, uh, I sir? wrote that down. Sir. Yeah. And she, he says, once you go wood, that nothing is as is good. Nothing is as... What the fuck? Yeah, it's interesting that Joss Whedon didn't write it. It's like, mm-hmm. Sid is gross. So it is gross because it's creepy. what we find out later is that this is inappropriate on a lot of levels. On a lot of levels. And again, Morgan, the actor playing Morgan, this person looks like he should be a teacher. So Principal Snyder comes back. He's talking to Giles. And he, I just had to like, I paused this it. This whole episode, this down. he is on a power trip. Well, and they're really trying to set him up to maybe he's the bad guy in this show. Uh, we don't know. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. You know, he's telling Giles, kids today need discipline. Flutie would have said, kids need understanding. Kids are human beings. But that's the kind of woolly-headed liberal thinking that leads to being eaten. <laughs> I know Principal Flutie would have said, kids need understanding. Kids are human beings. It's the kind of woolly-headed liberal thinking that leads to being eaten. And, I mean, uh, I see where he's going. I don't know if it's necessarily like the liberals or Joe Biden's fault that Benjamin Flutie was eaten. But but Joe Biden's printing all this money, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. No, I just, I it, it cracked me up because first of all, like you mentioned, someone's pointing out the fact that the previous principal was eaten by children. I don't disagree with him taking a hard stance on some discipline around this school. <laughs> they need it's something. all over the place. Oh, the next line is this place has quite the reputation. Suicides, missing persons, mm-hmm. spontaneous cheerleader combustion. Thank you. An Thank adult you. is like, hey, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Yeah, he's calling it out. Yeah. And that's nice because we've been like pulling our hair out for the first eight episodes. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Cordelia, who was blinded, almost died on her driver's ed test, is allowed back at this school. Baffling. Yeah, we still don't know if that girl got her mouth back. What about the one that caught on fire? Mm-hmm. Is she just covered in third-degree burns now? Where is she? she Where's the, Amber Waves and Crane? She's not on the cheerleading <laughs> squad, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but speaking of sucks. reputation, we cut to a girl screaming, another body, Found in the locker room. The discovery of another murdered student. And this one was a bit gruesome. 
Typical Tuesday. Yes, this was very gruesome. Yeah. Really sad. It's Emily the dancer. And Xander is like, oh, man, I hate this school. Which I'm glad we're seeing some reaction because could you imagine going to school every week and someone's been murdered, decapitated? Like you said, this yeah. is gruesome. What did they do to her? So her heart was removed. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So two things to point out here. A, the EMS actually show up on scene. They do. And there's crime scene tape. Uh, I don't remember if I remember seeing police, but I do remember seeing EMS. And so that's a start. That's yeah. better than nothing because yeah. it's been nothing or at least nothing that we've been privy to. But I thought it was really interesting when they said that her heart was removed because it made me think of the book that I read last year, The Pale Blue Eye. Oh, that's the editor. Yeah. So basically it's about the detective. Uh, who was it? What was his name? The Benson. Pale Blue Eye written by Louis Bernard. It's a historical mystery that set in 1830 at the United States Military Academy of West Point. And oh, Detective Lander is the name who was played by. Batman. Yeah, Christian uh, Bale. Chris, yeah. Played Why did by I Christian think this Bale. was an Edgar Allan Poe story? Well, hold on. Oh, okay. So, uh, so he's then to solve this uh, or investigate this chilling murder about cadets that are found dead with their hearts missing. Ooh. And so he is assisted by a young cadet, Edgar Allan Poe, who actually went to West Point Academy. Oh, I do think the police are there, though. Yes. Because we do see, like, it's a great just literal mm -hmm. scene of a, you don't you just see hands holding a bag and a knife being dropped into the bag. So, again, students milling about everywhere. Mm -hmm. No one's really securing the crime scene, but they're there. But this we'll is take different. it. We'll take it, it. This is unique because her heart was removed. So it means that there might be something more sinister at play here. It's not just like, a, mm, I had something out for this person or. Right. Uh, Buffy's asking, was it a vampire? Was it a demon? Was it a demon? And it's like, maybe. Seems like it could be a person. Seems like it could have been a person. And so they start <laughs> getting on their little uh, investigation. And I love this. I love a whodunit. You a do. A murder mystery. You do. And we go straight into a whodunit. Yes. And Buffy and her team of Scoobies go oh, yeah. into yeah. investigation mode. Dun, 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 dun. Inspector they Buffy. investigate their friends. They investigate backstage at the talent show. They're searching for clues and they encounter a variety of characters oh. along their way, including a magician and a knife thrower. A tuba player. Each with their own little motives and secrets. That's great. I love the, the hard cuts because it's like, yeah, everybody divides and conquers. Mm -hmm. Buffy talks to the tuba player who says, you know, I didn't really know Emily. You know, there's that whole dancer band rivalry, mm -hmm. <laughs> which was not the case at my school because the dance team and the band were like uh, bros. Yeah. The cheerleaders and the dancers, uh -huh. that was the rivalry. Buffy goes to talk to the tuba player and that actress is called Natasha Pierce. She was in so much in the late 90s, early 2000s. She was in a movie called Drive Me Crazy, which she played the friend of one of the popular girls who has a secret have you seen that movie it's got melissa joan hart and adrian grenier in What's it. The name of it drive me crazy mm, it sounds familiar britney spears's song drive me crazy is the title track of the movie drive me crazy not that one you drive me crazy i oh, just can't sleep yeah, yeah, yeah. and anyway i just saw this actress and i said hey she's in a lot of stuff so buffy is talking to a player giles is Save with them for later with the magic trick guy. 
Oh my god, <laughs> the magician. Yeah, yeah. And I love Xander's with Cordelia. Oh my like, god! Oh, well, like we were best of friends, and she got her name wrong. She goes, Emma was like my best friend. Xander's like Emily. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know they kind of cut back and forth. Willow's talking to that one guy with long hair. We don't uh-huh. really know what he's doing. But Morgan is acting very strange. Morgan is acting so weird. He's arguing with this dummy. Which if I had a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> Xander. I love the cut where it's Cordelia doing what she's done consistently. She's kind of making tragedy about herself. Of course. And she said, it could have been me. And Xander goes, we could dream. Yeah. (laughs) I know. He doesn't. He doesn't mean that. Now we're getting to Buffy. Buffy. or I'm sorry. Yeah. But one thing consistent with everybody. They all say the same thing. Yeah. Morgan has been acting weird Uh with the dummy. Well, Buffy is on to Morgan. Mm-hmm. And his dummy. She knows something's up. Something's, well, I mean, of course, we all know something's not right. But in this instance, Talk about she me like that. <laughs> with the dummy. So Buffy's on to Morgan. And mm-hmm. what's more interesting is that we keep seeing the principal pop up. He's, and he seems mm-hmm. like he's on to Buffy. He hasn't, as from our perspective now, mm-hmm. an inexplicable frustration, dislike towards Buffy. And Buffy's going into the auditorium to confront Morgan. But before we get into the scene, I wonder if we should do our new segment. Oh. Slay. Or nay. Or nay. So in this segment, still working title, Ryan Mm -hmm. thinks it's a setup job. And if you're listening, he (laughs) thinks we set him up. I don't know what to tell him. And in this segment, we're going to talk about our favorite outfits, the sleighs mm-hmm. or the nays. Maybe we have no nays. Maybe it's all nays. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Sure. So, Ryan, yes. what is your outfit sleigh for this week? I've got two outfit sleighs for this week. One being Buffy and the leopard print dress uh, tunic thing that she's wearing, which she does prints really well. Mm-hmm. Which is She nice. does. But I was going to note her black dress or her black spaghetti strap oh, top that she yeah. wears. And she's got her hair up mm-hmm. and she's got the little wispies. It's at the end. Yeah. This. But I just was watching this and I thought, here we go. We are continuing with Sarah Michelle Geller's Buffy's character's peak iconic 90s fashion. Absolutely. Like everything about this checks, including the print that she wears later. But she's got kind of the hair up hair back, wispies down the side. I was just like, hey, you know, she looks like a teenager from the 90s. She no longer looks like she's part of the PT, the Harper Valley PTA. (laughs) That's my sleigh. She slayed it. She did. The dummy Sid did not. That's your nay. Did not slay it. So my fashion sleigh for this week, we haven't gotten to the scene yet. Miss Jackson, the history teacher. Miss Jackson's wearing a great little suit skirt combo. She's it's green and white checked. I was a teacher. I'd never dressed like that. They were lucky if I brushed my hair sometimes, which is still true. And she just looked great. She was like talking about the Monroe Doctrine and bopping around in her cute little outfit. Love it. She was really interrupted by a dummy. By fucking Sid. The dummy. The dummy. My fashion, nay. Everything Morgan wears. I don't like it. Morgan's outfits are terrible. It's just, it's, and also honorable mention. The demon at the end of the episode, they got some kind of painted on suit, whatever the what fuck they put about. on that thing. So is that an A or a slay? That's a nay. Okay, cool. And I was yeah. gonna say honorable mention to me would go to Giles 
bursts slang because he Charles always lays out of his jacket. He's uh, in one of the scenes. I think he just has like a black button up shirt, which, you know, looks good on most guys. I can't remember. It's kind of like a, a simple shirt. Yeah. But even when he has his three piece on, he's got the jacket off. He's got the tie undone. So good. And open collar. And mm. he mm. just looks miserable. He does. I can episode. make him feel better, though. Okay. Suck fast. And that's been... And Slay scene. or nay. Okay. All right. So Buffy's in the auditorium and she catches Sid and Morgan. They're arguing with each other. Yeah. So Buffy encounters a possessed Sid. Yes. She's like, what's going on? Morgan is grabbing his head, which I think we've seen. Like he's holding his head. Mm-hmm. He looks pale. And Sid's like, he's not well. Sid's, you know, leave him alone. And Morgan packs him up. And Buffy's like, I didn't mean to make you mad. And and then Buffy says a really weird line as they walk away. She goes, cute couple. What? <laughs> but it was weird. It just stood out to me. And then again, because we're zipping through this episode we're we're bouncing all over from scene to scene faster than Peter Baelish mm-hmm. got across the entire continent of Westeros in Game of Thrones. That's a reference. That is a reference. Back to the library. And Xander is talking about Cordelia. I'm just interested mm-hmm. he had his little tete a with her and he's still talking about her mm-hmm. interested just saying and they're all in agreement that it's morgan it's weird he Got talks me. to his puppet and they're all like let's set up a sting operation yeah xander says he wants to wear a wire it's great it's so great and then they're like giles why aren't you why aren't you like getting on with it and he says my investigation is somewhat hampered by my dedication to the theater i love it the, then he says the the show must go on. A student who was in this talent show was just found with her heart cut out. Cancel the show. He's got the principal breathing down his neck. But the principal should cancel the show. You would think, but the principal's too busy wondering what these Scoobies are up to. And well, speaking of, he's popping up right now. He's popping up. Because Buffy goes to break into Sid or break into Morgan's locker. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. a great scene. Yeah, and she then... Just destroys that lock. Yeah, and then Snyder grabs her arm, like, very threatening. What are you doing? Yeah. He says that he's he won't... Dick. He's such a tick. He won't tolerate loiterers, murderers who remove hearts, and smoking. Buffy's like, well, thankfully, I'm not doing any of those things. But she's given him the up and down, too. When she, moves, mm-hmm. when she takes her arm out of his hand, mm-hmm. you can feel... He does not like her. Yeah. Why? We don't know. And Buffy's like, all right, I'm going to leave. I'm just grabbing something for a friend. But the mm-hmm. dummy case is empty. It's empty. So where is Sid? He's with Morgan in the janitor's closet he watching this go down. not where he was left in the t-shirts. Oh, no, that's later. This is Buffy looking for Sid in the locker. Okay. And he's not in there. That's right. We were talking about the teacher with Slayer name. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. What is time. Snyder's deal? I don't know. It's just uh, something's up. Something's up. He knows a lot about the activities of what's happening at the at the high school. He does, and he's hoping to prevent future casualties. Yeah, but there's something more here. Yes, you there can is. tell there's more than meets the eye. There is. So so. Well, we go back to Sid and Morgan in the auditorium, and Sid saying she's the one. Like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. what? Well, can't be good. Yeah, but who's he talking about? We don't know. We assume Buffy, but we'll find out. 
And then, like, we go to Buffy's house, and Buffy's in her cute jammies. I love this. And Joyce. Joyce in, like, a silk pajama set. see Joyce, and here she is trying to have a genuine connection with Buffy. Mm-hmm. She's asking about how her day went. She's asking about what's going on with the talent show. And, you know, Buffy just kind of blows her off. Like yeah. Like she normally does. She's like, oh, I can't talk about these things with you. So she's just, it's. Buffy keeps it very superficial. Yes. I just feel bad for, for Joyce. I do too, because as a mom, you you want to connect with your kids. And when I first watched this show, I totally fully got Buffy's perspective of she's trying to keep her mom out of it and mm-hmm. safe. Sure. But of course, on her mom's side of it, she's coming across kind of as a brat. Yeah. And Joyce was just being so sweet. So, so Dummy's watching her from the window. So Buffy tucks in okay. and cut to the window and there is Sid gross he's watching buffy like like she's sleeping like angel did i guess oh god <laughs> uh, i was watching with subtitles on because i always do mm-hmm. and i tried but they were off so weird. it was driving me crazy because they were like two lines in front of like oh i hate and that like, I can't do this anymore. well the subtitles for when sid is moving around her room is <laughs> is pattering noises uh, and no, i just I said no no. I, I don't like creepy films. I don't know if you ever watched like The Cat's Eye or like no. Stephen King. Like, oh, I'm out on that. Where you've got that. like something running around the room at night. I'm like, uh, I no, can't. No. Is it a rat? Is it a monster? A ventriloquist dummy? A, a dummy? I don't know what it is, but it clearly startles Buffy out of a dead sleep and she realizes that something's in her room right she screams she screams and joyce comes running and she's like what is it and she's like i don't know there's something like there's something in the bed and they look and there's nothing there and she's like well you know you shouldn't sleep with your window open mm-hmm. buffy's like hold on a second i don't think i left my window open she's starting to put it together she's like I she thinks didn't. it might have been it yeah and poor joyce she's like well it's okay she said i wasn't sleeping very well i was dreaming about bills i know again they're showing us more insight into buffy's home life we know that joyce and her husband buffy's father are Mm -hmm. divorced or separated i guess i don't know she said divorced divorced. yeah and she's starting trying to start an art gallery Mm -hmm. times are hard because the last episode she told darla she was wrestling with the irs yeah she's like you know, up all night battling the IRS. Yeah. Poor Joyce. Poor Joyce. And Buffy needs a, a job that pays. That's an excellent <laughs> point because she has a full time job where a council of people watch her. That's right. Who do you think could set up a salary for Miss Buffy Summers? I mean, Giles is surely on the payroll. I'm sure he is. Why isn't the person who's literally tasked with saving the world getting compensated? It's a great question. She's just chosen. That should be enough. We should talk about that. Unpack that. We oh, when we get to season six, we it'll be a through line of the whole discussion. Hmm. But so we go to the auditorium where they're still rehearsing. Cancel this show. There does not need to be a talent show when students are dead, mm-hmm. literally dead. And Cordelia is like coming up to Giles, and she's like, "Why do I have to go after?" Colin. Colin's going to play a rock song. My song's a ballad. And she's just, nah, nah, nah. I have to say. Oh. One more Slayer name. Ooh, Cordelia's outfit here. Cordelia's short sleeve knit turtleneck. Very rouge. Very Jean de Ma and mean, rouge. She's, yeah. She's got it going on. She looks great. She looks great. And Giles says, he just looks at her and goes, <laughs> your, your hair. Yes, yeah, she's like really like, annoying Giles and I think he's just trying to figure out how what's the fastest way I can end this conversation he just stares at her like "Hmm, your hair she's like what what 
And then she like runs away. There's something wrong with my hair. And he just laughs and goes, Xander was right. right. Works every time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, Those two. So Buffy comes in and she sits with Xander and Willow and Giles. And she's obviously. She thinks. She's concerned. She thinks Pete, the (laughs) dummy, was in her room. Wait. What's the dummy's name again? Sid, which is even worse. Speaking of people being in her room. Sorry to all the Sydneys out there. Where's Angel? Has he, what's, what the fuck that, what's he doing? He's too busy hanging out with Darla. Oh, uh, no, Darla's gone. He dusted her. That's right. Maybe he's mourning Darla. He's mourning as we all are. Darla. As we all are. Master and Colin Yorgios yeah. just. More importantly, where is the master and Colin and all this? <laughs> They're just hanging out. I think out. they'd be right up in this. Honestly, but whatever. Yeah. So, so Xander and everyone's dismissing her like, so it was a cat. No, she's like, listen. I have highly attuned senses. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a normal person. Yeah. I'm the slayer. And they're like, nah, it was a cat. <laughs> but Giles has learned something in his research. Mm-hmm. There's a group of seven demons who need organs every seven years. Yes. They take on the bodies of young people. Yes. The Brotherhood of Demons. There's a whole breakdown about Giles. I don't like this. I think it's dumb. Why does it have to be seven demons, like seven brides for seven brothers? I don't. Just make it a demon. They who like ha- the odd numbers. Uh, just the make three. it a demon. The th- oh, oh, because those guys were Seven. so tough. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a five somewhere. Could be. Could be. Yep. And they're, you know, dismissing of Buffy and Giles mm-hmm. is like, we've figured out maybe who the de- what the demon is. What the demon is, not who the demon not is. Not who. They don't yeah. know yet. They still think it might be Morgan. Yeah. And we go to history class with my girl, Miss Jackson. Who is for real in her suit. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about the Monroe Doctrine. And then fucking Sid the dummy pulls an exorcist on Buffy. Full head turn. Ugh. Full head turn and stares at Buffy. Then Cordelia. Ooh, looks like someone adores you. <laughs> <laughs> like Cordelia. Love Did her. you notice that this dummy just did a full 180? She's just great. It would have been she's... so fun to be that character. Oh my God. And Charisma Carpenter, if you're listening, I love you. You. Please come on the podcast. You were just. What's the word? The relief that we all needed. The, and she was just brilliant as Cordelia. Yeah, yeah. And Mrs. Mrs. Jackson is like, Morgan, enough with the puppet. Because the puppet starts talking. Mm-hmm. She takes the puppet, puts it in her little, the closet that all teachers had. Yeah, those wooden panel closet. doors. Everything went in there. Their cardigan, their shoes. Everything. Stuff that they took away from you. Ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> put it in there. And... Morgan comes back to, he's like, Miss Jackson, he's all paranoid and antsy. You promised I could get my dummy back. And she's trying to be a good teacher. She's like, hey, I've noticed something off. Yeah. Is everything okay? And he's just like, give me the dummy. Guess what? There is something off. Dummy's not there. And this is the scene that Buffy's got that, the black tank top or dress. I don't know exactly what it is. And she's got the hair up, hair up, wispies down. Mm -hmm. And you were talking earlier about the lighting and the makeup. I think. In this scene, both she and Cordelia have very 90s style makeup where they've got kind of darker lipstick yeah. and eyeshadow going on. And I don't know. I, just, I thought she slayed. Both of them slay in their, okay. in their outfits in this scene. I'll go back. I just, for some reason. It's just peak. It's just like. I guess not so much the makeup. I think it was the lighting that threw me off. Sure. The lighting on this episode was weird. But I'll the go lighting look. in this entire season. Yeah. So they go back to the library where Xander now has Sid because he said, well, you wanted to talk to Morgan without Sid. So I went and took the dummy. Yeah. And Willow's like, well, look what I found in the section on toys and magic. And what did she find? The, 
I didn't understand this. I I kind of started checking out, to be honest, because yeah. once Xander was talking like the dummy, he's like, not real. It's red, tough red, to red, pay red. attention it to was... what's going on here. So yeah. you have the Brotherhood of the Demons. Yeah. And then you also have like this uh, section, which I love that Will is able to like, find a section on toys and magic. Yeah. Let's not even go there. So uh, yeah. basically they're like, okay, something's going on. This doll could be a demon. It's possible. It's possessed or something. It's possible that it's possessed. And meanwhile, Xander's just like, look, my hand's up his backside. Yeah. like he's acting. He's messing with the puppet. There's two dummies sitting together and just bantering. And it's so frustrating. Willow and Giles are being the adults and like finding the work. And Xander's just messing around. And then, okay. We cut to, yes, Buffy's in the back of the auditorium. Or the back of the stage, backstage, looking for Morgan. How big is the Sunnydale High School theater program? This backstage was like Broadway professional level. It was so... It's got an upstairs, downstairs. They had costumes. They had everything back there. It like never ended. Mm -hmm. And then like you mentioned earlier, they setting up Snyder to look like the bad guy. They show him. I kind of, yeah, that's where I have the question. I'm like, yeah. Is Schneider the bad guy? That's exactly what I wrote. Is he yeah. the bad guy? Is he? And he basically says, you know, to Buffy, because mm-hmm. he meets her backstage. Mm-hmm. After what happened, a young lady like yourself might want to be more careful. And she just glares at him and mm-hmm. says. And that's when I was like, hey, wait, is he the bad guy? Right. I know how to take care of myself. Yes. Mind your own business. Mind Stay your in own your lane. business. And did you happen to notice? And maybe I, maybe I'm reading too far into this. Mm. Backstage in the dressing room okay. when she's snooping around trying to figure out what's going on. There is an image of a demon. Yes. I did is notice that, that. Is that Moloch? No, because Moloch. What demon was that? I thought it was just the devil. I wonder if it's almost it like a little. Be. Could be uh, a little like Easter a little egg. Easter egg. Thank yeah. You. I, I like that. Golden nugget. <laughs> Easter egg's better. I got the golden nugget. Okay. So. So. Was it Moloch in the dressing room? It is now. To be determined. Retcon. We go back to the library. All this bouncing around. It, it is just, chaotic. It's, it's, it's chaotic. But Xander looks like a teenager because he's trying to study. He's popping the pencil in his mouth. He's tapping his legs. He's restless. He's, he's restless. swiggly. Yeah. And I love that they show Willow, Xander, and Giles looking at actual books. If you filmed this today in 2024, everyone would be on their phones. Their phones. And they had to go back. And Xander's squirming. He looks over at the dummy. Sid is still sitting there. He goes back. He looks again. Oh, Sid is gone. 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 Cut to backstage again, which the, you know, unending backstage of Sunnydale High School. Creepy horror music. Buffy finds a body. And Buffy gets pinned underneath a. Hmm. Hmm. Is that what is that? A candelabra? Oh, sorry, chandelier. Very Phantom of the Opera. It is, and it's when the chandelier comes crashing down. And it's obviously a pretty heavy chandelier. That it's not a prop. It looks like it's made of iron. Yeah. Again, what is the budget for the Sunnydale High School Theater Program? The same thing. But I I wrote a note because you can hear the dummy running around, and I think that you can show like an image of him maybe running upstairs, where you could see through the cracks of the floor, and it's like a. Oh, he's like, it's like the rigging. It's the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Buffy could make quick work of this wood dummy. dummy. 
I mean, one hi-ya, and he'd be fucking toothpicks. Give her the Miss Pig. Give him the Miss Piggy hi-yo. And sure enough, here he comes, running up with a knife. He's trying to stab her. Trying to stab her, and she she bats him away <laughs> and throws him up against the wall. It's but he doesn't great. quit. He keeps coming back. He keeps and coming so back. And she eventually, you know, frees herself. And subdues him. Mm-hmm. And we realize that the body that she found mm-hmm. is, Morgan. is Morgan. And so they took his brain. Now Morgan is missing a brain. So we have a heart that's missing. Mm-hmm. We have a brain that's missing. This two is, dead students. This is very. Two more dead students. Very uh, Edgar Allan Poe. It, it, it is. And we God. immediately assume that the dummy is the yeah, because he was trying to stab Buffy. Done. You know, and we're all like, yes, we knew it. Get this ri- thing burn this thing. Evil from the jump. First scene. Well, nope. We go to the library and Sid, it's story time. It is story time. And here we go. This idea of Sid being the demon. No, no, no. It's just a red herring. It was a red herring. I love a whodunit with a red herring. I'm glad you're getting more enjoyment out of this episode because I'm just like, Ugh. Make it stop. I, I had to look for it. And, yeah. And a whodunit storyline, even though it's a little clunky. You, I'm in. I love a good mystery. It, it was a mystery because and I, it was a flip. It was. It was. We didn't know that was coming. I mean, I, I, again, season one is the season I don't always rewatch. I will be fully transparent. If I do a Buffy rewatch, I will oftentimes start. Mm-hmm. I will watch the first two episodes of the season. I will watch the end episode, Prophecy Girl, and then I'll go straight into season two. Wow. Because I, these episodes are just not it for me. I didn't really remember. I remembered that he wasn't the demon, but I didn't remember this backstory. Sid, yeah, he's a demon hunter. He's not a demon. He's a demon hunter. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, are you? Because sometimes in these whodunits, the red right. herring ends up not being the red herring. Which I do love that. So I'm like, okay, who is it? Yeah. Is it the dummy? Is it the principal? Mm-hmm. Or, as they are going to investigate, is it someone else? So. Yeah. So Sid was cursed by a demon, stuck in the body of a dummy. He thought Buffy was the demon because mm-hmm. she's really strong and then goes on to describe her as limber yeah. and nubile. There we go nubile. I was like, okay. Gross. I almost had this as our black box theater and I was like, I don't really feel like right. this text. <laughs> no. And he's killed six of the seven demons that Giles brought up. And then they mention the show and Giles goes, oh, the show It's going to start and I should be there. Sorry, and the show must go on. Again, why? And uh, okay, I have. So they they have a plan. They're gonna lure the demon out. What are they gonna do? They're gonna do a power circle where they all get together and you know <laughs> get them revved up. Get them revved up. I am dead. <laughs> I know. I die. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna get. So they basically, like you said, they're gonna figure out who the demon is, and their plan is to see who's no longer in the talent show because. Mm-hmm. That would that's going to indicate who the demon is. So they're like, form a power circle. Creepy fucking doll. I know. Just form a power circle and Ugh. you know get everyone all rubbed up. And so Stop when they it, kind of break, <laughs> yeah, they kind of they're like, okay, break. And I was watching it with my husband last night, who was watching it with me, but was probably checked out. And he goes, "What do you think about the power circle?" He goes, first of all, he said, "What's a power circle?" And I said, <laughs> "Sir, knows. you've never been." In- oh my god! Anyway, but then sorry. he said, "Wait, why are they listening to the?" It's like, great question. Very good. And anyway, backstage, the adults in the room. Yeah, Cordelia is nervous, and she is, and she turns to Giles for support. Yeah, and I thought that that was great. He tells her, "Just imagine everyone in the audience in their underwear," and she goes, "Ew." He's trying to be involved in the 
student, um, kind of the, the, I, I don't know, just, I, I thought it was precious. I said, bless his heart. Cause he's trying because earlier he was like, earlier he was like uh, I'm a librarian to minimize the interaction yeah. with students. Yeah. And now she's like, Hey, I'm really nervous. And he's like, Hey, you got this. And although what he recommends is like cliche. Right. But I just thought, well, bless his heart. He's trying. And they get into a little body shaming after that, which we don't have to get into. Should have just ended it on picture everyone in their underwear. But anywho. This is where things get vague for me because I don't know if I just ended up checking out. Wouldn't be surprising because it, it gets kept bouncing squirrely. around everywhere. It gets a little squirrely. But yeah. evidently, there is a demon. And it's another student. And it's not on the internet. And it's, <laughs> again, a good whodunit where it's always like this person who wasn't even part of the story. Right. Here it is. Hey, well, before we fig oh, before they figure out, no, no, no. before they figure it out, they we have Buffy and Sid sitting on like lighting rigging, and we're getting more gross backstory. So, damn, I knew a Slayer in the '30s, Korean chick, very hot. I I, I hate him. Josh had to wait in. I think IMDb is correct on the writing. Yeah, I this this feels very Joss Whedon. Feels very... And he basically says, "When I kill the seventh demon, I'm free," and she's like. What do you mean? And he basically explains when he kills the seventh demon, he his soul can rest. His soul can rest. Right. He's not going to go back into his body. Mm -hmm. But again, it's even more gross that he's saying all these things to high school students because he mentions knowing someone in the thirties. He's talking to her. He's like she, old. Yeah, like she's gross. Yeah. It's disgusting. And then you know she's like, oh well, that's kind of sad. And he goes, if you want to snuggle up and comfort me, it made me think of all the times. Older men would say inappropriate things to me as a teenager. It's gross. But, okay, we see again. Giles, his power circle moment, his speech, his, his revving him up speeches. Oh, that's it then. Everybody, get ready. <laughs> that was it. And yeah, break. I mean, they just all formed in a circle. And I thought something magical was going to happen. Nah. You know, the hell mouth is going to open up. But yeah. No, they're like, well, roll call. Uh, who are we missing? Everyone's here. Okay. Go for it. We, the show must go on. And then Buffy pulls the brain off of like a shelf. I was kind of confused as to what happened there. I don't know what's going on. She pulls a brain and then cuts to her in the library saying she's never going to stop washing her hands. And then we got Willow on the click clacks. She's hacking Morgan's record. They learned Morgan was the smartest kid in school. Was. Was. But also that he had brain cancer. Mm-hmm. Morgan had brain cancer. That explains the headaches. And... Then, you know, they're like, that's why the demon rejected the brain, because it had brain cancer. Uh -huh. So, again, this Where is... Where is the story going? Okay. We are all over the place. And then they're like, now the demon's going to be coming for the second smartest person in the school, which is Willow. Willow. Oh, like, I would assume that she's the smartest. I would, too. I didn't like that. But anyway, Whatever. so everybody's kind of panicking for a second. So we cut to Giles backstage helping the kid with the magic act who has a guillotine. What is happening? What is this show? An actual gu uh, guillotine. An actual guillotine. An actual guillotine that is sharp, and not like a dull blade. No, they watch him cut a fruit, mm -hmm. and he's like, you know, the the kid. I I can't remember. We find his name out. Mark. Mark is like, my assistant's sick. Can you help me, Mister Giles? And we, as the audience, like, oh no, oh no. I was suspended in <laughs> first grade for bringing a pocket knife to school. This kid has a guillotine at the talent show in a school Bye. full of dead corpses. <laughs> that should be the mascot instead of the razor bag. It's just a corpse. It's a dom Where's zombie. the principal dickhead in, in this? 
Right. Where is he? Where is he? So they kind of, it cuts back and forth. This is real No choppy. one has to sign like a safety. No form. one's, maybe he snuck the guillotine in last minute. I don't know. But they're kind of cutting back and forth to Giles and, and Mark gets Giles to lay down with the guillotine. He's like, shouldn't that be closer to my neck? And then, the, and Mark's like, no. So it's right at Giles' hairline. And Buffy, Xander, and Willow figure out, oh, shit, it's Giles. So they go backstage. Okay, it's not Giles. It's the magician. No, I mean, they realize that Giles is also really smart. Is in danger. You're right. You're right. They cut to backstage, and Mark has the guillotine tied to a rope that's attached to a weight. I don't know. And he's, like, Uh hacking it with a saw like or a tomahawk. What is happening? What is happening? And Buffy. Suspense. Oh, my God. Building the suspense here. Buffy attacks. Gets him right in the nick of time. Yeah. Xander grabs the rope. Xander. Saving the day. Saves Giles' life. He absolutely saves Giles' life. So here's two episodes in a row where Xander's come in clutch mm-hmm. and hasn't been, believe it or not, he was not the creepiest character in this episode. Not by a long shot. No, no he was that normal. That goes to the puppet. That goes to the puppet. <gasps> and the Xander. <laughs> the Xander Award is for the creepiest person each episode. In each episode. What do you think? I, I'm in. Cool. Locked and loaded. We need a good Xander we're gonna, clip. We're going to give him the Xander. We're going to give him the Xander. A Xander. weird behavior award goes to, but it's the Xander behavior award goes to. We're workshopping it. Got it. He gets the weird behavior award. Sid? For sure. (laughs) Yes. Weird. Yeah. So Buffy and Mark are fighting. She pushes Mark into his magic box thing. When he spins back around, he's a demon wearing. This is a demon outfit. It's it's a it's. It's like when you go to a fair and you get like those spray painted shirts. It's like they got a spray painted like onesie. It was it's a spray painted demon onesie. The costuming's terrible. And they cut the demon's head off. They put it in the guillotine. And Sid comes out of nowhere. You have to get the heart. Yeah, Sid like waltzes out on stage with a knife. He's like, like making his sweet ass time. Making his sweet ass time. He's gotta take the heart. It's the only way that I can find like release or or whatever he says. And he stabs him. This is this is one of my favorite parts. Good. And then stabs him the, the again. Big here, but... Then you hear the like, and then it collapses. And then he, he, it's like the dummy just collapses. <laughs> and then Buffy <laughs> lifts him up into her arms, cradles him <laughs> like a child. I don't know where she takes him. I... With a, well, know. she holds him at first, then she the curtain comes while. up. And then the curtain comes up, and all of them are so, so she's standing there holding a the dummy, dummy with a knife in its hand. Yeah, and then you got Giles, who looks, he's got the Giles face, like, looks a little confused. And Willow's awkward. holding a tomahawk. Willow's holding a tomahawk. Xander, I don't know what he's doing, but anyway, it's this great. Oh, and a headless demon. Yeah, and a headless demon. It's just this great scene, and I love <laughs> the principal's line, which is, I don't get it. What is it? I'm on card. I want that as a clip for something. Perfect. It's great. And it's like, cut to the, to yeah. the credits, and I'm like. This is the best ending. It's great. It's it is great. The the comedic timing of, of all of that and just looking at them standing on the stage. I mean, he's not wrong. It is avant-garde. So just when you think it's over. Just when you think it's over. They're back. Well, we start the credits and it's Willow, Xander, and Buffy doing their dramatic reading. Yes, they are. Of Oedipus. Of Oedipus Rex. Yes, and which... I thought perhaps this could be our vampire black box theater moment. Shall we? 
So in this scene at the Sunnydale High Talent Show, mm -hmm. we have um, a excerpt of Oedipus Rex. Okay. In this scene, Willow, the priest, and Buffy, Jocasta, shall be played by me, Jennifer Katz. And I will be doing it in the style of Willow and Buffy on the show. Xander slash Oedipus will be played by Ryanson. That's me. That's you. Scene. O ruler of my country, Oedipus, you see our company around the altar, and I, the priest of Zeus. Ha ha. They prophesize that I should kill my father, but he is dead and hidden deep in the soil. But surely I must fear my mother's bed. Oh, Oedipus, Oedipus, unhappy Oedipus, that is all I can call you and all that I shall ever call you. Buffy really gave it her own. <laughs> oh, great. Darkness and horror of darkness. Unfolding, restless, visited, sped by an ill-winded haste. Madness, madness, and stabbing pain. And, uh, oh, uh, oh, memory of uh, uh, ill deeds I have done. And that was terrible. <laughs> There was really just no good black box moment. In this there, yeah, there really wasn't. We tried. Ryan tried. So, I right. I do love, I love it in a show. I don't know why this gives me so much joy when actors are acting in. That's part of the the yeah. plot. You know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. they're having to portray high school students doing a one act play. Yeah, and Willow again. She's talking so fast. She looks so nervous. She's just like, no, 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 let's get this over with. And Xander is trying but he also is like you can tell he's he couldn't remember his lines. he couldn't remember his lines he's trying to think about it so hard and buffy is, is over humiliated. it she does not want to be a part of no it. no she didn't want to be a part of the talent show at all the talentless show her talent is slaying and she does both vampires and outfits okay steak ratings okay i can't give this thing anything above a two that is exactly what I have it as. I have it at a two. I The only reason why I gave it a two, to be quite frank, mm -hmm. is we get uh, Armin Shimmerman as the principal. the principal. And that's it. I almost gave it a 2.5 for that in Joyce. Yeah. Oh, God. If Just we had more Joyce. Just to see yeah. her again. But yeah. Really, it, this did not add to the context of no of the premise of the show this is one of those filler episodes it yeah. feels like there's no vampires no there's no master there's no angel chosen one there's no angel it just kind of you know bleeds off and i get it these kids gotta have a normal life there's a talent show in every school it seems like yeah. so maybe it's just kind of the filler for that but the writing and the bouncing around from backstage to the library to home to it's the classroom the backstage and the library i mean it's just all over after angel which is a pivotal episode in the entire series sure. right we learn that buffy's love interest is a vampire mm -hmm. vampire and a slayer star-crossed lovers the whole nine yards we get sidetracked by demons we get sidetracked by a demon in the internet and a ventriloquist mm -hmm. doll mm -hmm. it's weird and they do better at that going forward because there's still some random monster of the week episodes mm -hmm. But they do better at connecting everything throughout a season. It's a whole story. Monster of the Week. Yeah, season one is very much 
monster of the week with a couple episodes that are tied to the overarching story. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say about this episode. I'm glad it's over. Next week's episode, I love. I'm excited to talk about that. The next three I actually quite mm-hmm. like. So I we're going to end on a good note. Trying to figure out what this episode was about. Mm-hmm. What's the point? What's the discussion topic here? And right. What's the theme that we're trying to take away? And the best that I could come up with was that in this episode, you assume it's the dummy who's possessed and it ends up then you assume that it was morgan yeah and then it ends up being someone else so i thought okay appearances can be deceiving right that you know you're you think sid appears to be a demon or morgan appears the ventriloquist appears to be possessed by the demon and so i don't know maybe this is reinforcing themes of hidden danger and importance of looking beyond the surf but that's the best i could come up with with this episode and maybe that's giving it too much. <laughs> I think you're being very kind and very generous because it just seemed like a filler to me. Though the power of teamwork yeah, with, with them coming together like they did for iRobot, you, Jane. That's true. Together to they're solve, building the team. They're solving mysteries. Each, each one of them, Has Giles and Willow and Sandra and Buffy are all playing their role. And they solve the mystery. They solve the murder. That's true. That's true. They solve multiple murders and prevent a few more. They do. With the help of a dummy. With the help of a dummy, which, cool. (laughs) Take that one out. Oof. Well, if you liked what you heard today, and if you did, God bless you. Please be sure to follow, rate, and review us on your preferred podcast streaming service. That's right. And please stay up to date with our latest episode drops and additional fun content. Follow us on all of our social accounts, Instagram and TikTok, at Once More Podcast, on X, The Once More Pod, and Facebook. Yep. And stick around for a brief spoiler section after the music. I'm sure if you're listening and you've seen Buffy, you know what I'm going to talk about. Thank you for tuning in to Once More. We'll see you next week for episode 10 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Nightmares. Sounds scary. I really do like that episode. I'm Jen Katz. And I'm Ryan something. And I don't get it. What is it? Avant-garde? Well, that's the kind of woolly-headed liberal thinking that leads to being eaten. Hey. Bye. Bye. Production for Once More is provided by us, Jen Katz and Ryan something. Our artwork is designed by Dr. Courtney McKenzie. And studio support is provided by Splash Coworking and Alcac One. Spoilers! We meet Mr. Snyder. Oh, Schneider. Oh, Ratman. He looks like a rat. He knows more than he's letting on. He does. And we find out in season. Okay. I can't remember if it's two, but I know for sure three. We learn he's working with the mayor. I think it's season two because isn't that the one where the where the school blows up? No, that's season three. Well, then it's season. But I think in season two, we do start to learn that he, he does know. He knows. And he's got, it's not just the mayor that he's working with. Doesn't he have like a vice president or like. No, some, it's like the minion. chief of police. Oh, okay. <laughs> The mayor, right, the mayor has a minion called Alan, and that's who Faith murders. So we learn definitely by season three that Snyder is working with the mayor, who's also trying to ascend, and the mayor turns into a snake demon and eats Principal Snyder, and then the school blows up. So he's... Of course. (laughs) Right? Typical, typical Tuesday. I, he just is so, Armin Shimmerman's so good as Snyder. I love. He plays a great mean principal. We're going to see, I think in season two, episode School Hard, 
when we meet Spike. We're getting close, guys. And Spike and the vampires attack the school on the Feast of St. Vigis. And, you know, all the parents are there. And basically the chief of police is talking to Snyder. And he's like, just tell everybody it was gangs on PCP. And he know, I mean, he knows they're vampires. Like we we start to understand that. And then I just made a note in season three, Snyder expels Buffy. And Giles confronts him in his office and is like, Oh, it's either the end of season two or three. I can't remember right now. But he's like, I'm gonna you can't do this. And Snyder's like, Yeah, I can. And Giles is trying to be nice. He's like, I'll take this to the state Supreme Court. And Snyder's like, Okay, cool. Get out of my way. And Giles pushes him against the file cabinet. Nice. Puts his forearm up to his throat. He's like, I will make you. Did you like that? Oh, I did. I can't wait till we get to that. I can't wait. So that's all I have for the spoiler section. Sure. Just we meet Snyder and he's going to cause all sorts of mayhem. And he's going to get eaten by a snake. Right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.